of graces, healing our brokenness. And this morning, we are recording episode number 17, No Excuses. We make excuses for everything. We secretly wish that we could do things as well as another person. And for some of these things, God has given us the resources and the materials to do them with. We won't put them on our calendars. And when we do, we keep putting them off until the next day. And we go something like this. I'll get to it tomorrow. And then when tomorrow comes, oh, I'll get to it on the weekend. And then when the weekend comes, oh, I'll get to it next week. And then it turns into next month. And then it turns into next year. And the next thing we know, five years have gone by and we're still wishing that we could have developed our skills a little bit more in certain areas. We trade our desires for time scrolling excessively on social media and having Netflix and cable TV marathons. Here's another one. As soon as the kids are in kindergarten, I will practice better self-care. And instead of doing this, we become even more worn down from play date overload. And then we have another one. Oh, you know, once the kids get into middle school, I'll get involved in small groups instead of isolating myself so much. And then instead of getting connected at that time, we become even more isolated because we're running kids around five days a week for extracurricular activities. And we don't have any more time or energy to get along with anybody. A lot of times our excuses is that we are tired, and that is the truth. However, when you think about it, we can miraculously find a way to get everything else done that we want to get done, except for things that's pertaining to self-care, getting connected, developing relationships, and getting involved in community, and doing the things uh, as far as going through the steps of preparing for the calling that God has placed upon our lives. And then we have one more thing where, as an example, as soon as football season is over, we'll start eating together as a family and we can trade in football season and fill in the blanks on any other activity that's going on with the kids. And it could be 
trading that instead of saying eating to, uh, dinner together, it could be having family night together or having devotional time together or uh, having a better routine, uh, nighttime routine together. Any of those different activities can be traded. And then what happens is that our kids are getting older and the older they get, the more intentionality that needs to take place. But then you also have the issue where it's harder to plan because of conflicting schedules with extracurricular activities. We have two parents dropping kids off here and there. The kids have part-time jobs. Girlfriends and boyfriends get added into the mix. And their desire to be more with their friends than with their parents and their siblings are also at the top of the list. Before you know it, we look up and that time is gone. Our children are young adults and we're unable to get that time back. Today, we're going to look at one individual who made excuses in the Bible. And his name is Jonah. He was told to go to Nineveh to warn the people of their sins and God's judgment if they didn't repent. Instead of going to Nineveh, as God had instructed Jonah, he headed to Tarshish and God had to have it where he was given a belly of the fish detour for disobeying his commandments. Jonah felt justified in his disobedience. Why? His excuse was that he knew that God would forgive the people of Nineveh. Let's listen to the conversation that took place between God and Jonah. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore, I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. We would rather make excuses for disobedience to God's instructions when we have our own opinions of what God's end decision will be. And I'm going to repeat that one more time. We would rather make excuses for disobedience to God's instructions when we have our own opinions of what God's end decision will be. And this is unfortunately what Jonah got caught up in. And along with the excuses for his disobedience, he ended up getting caught up in the spirit of self-pity, sitting under the tree and pouting like a little toddler. 
And we often do the same thing where what we thought might possibly happen and what we thought God might possibly do ends up happening. And we're upset about it. When I was at my last residence, I got to the point that I knew I wasn't receiving the correct amount of money for child and maintenance support. I didn't want the stress of going back to court. I didn't want the additional trauma nor the additional drama in my life. I'd had enough. However, I struggled playing the robbing Peter to pay Paul game, trying to keep up with paying utilities and rent and scrambling to buy food. As circumstances would have it, God, who was the circumstance rather, I got backed up into a corner where I had to take my ex-husband back to court as my kids and I were facing eviction. The process lasted three painful years and unfortunately more lies than before erupted in regard to income during this process. Everything that he was doing was projected onto me. Before leaving the courtroom, I almost ended up unfairly with a humongous amount of money to pay him. The whole scene was one out of a crazy Lifetime movie, except this was my life. When I got home after court, the anger erupted. I said to myself, so basically three whole years for this end result. Really? However, the Holy Spirit had already spoken to me several months before the last court date and told me, even if you never see a penny of that money that's owed to you, it was never about the money to begin with. It was about accountability and God wanting you to fight for what was rightfully yours. God knew the only way that I would stand up for myself was to force me into a series of events that gave me no other choice. And so the question that I leave with you tonight as food for thought is this, what excuse are you making that could be keeping you straddling the fence of disobedience to God, all in the name of being right? Thank you for listening to Healing Our Brokenness and have a wonderful rest of your night. You turn those valleys into places to learn instead of burn and perish away. And night's never so cold without his grace. How could I say that I've seen the world from his great love? How could I know what he could love? How would I have seen what he had in store for me if I didn't give up? Change and maybe they take.
of that refinement. 